Hello and welcome to All Things Albion, the podcast dedicated to West Bromwich Albion. Please welcome my co-host back on the 2nd of October 2004 when West Brom beat Bolton Wanderers 2-1. He was there and so was I. How are you, Steve? I'm good, thank you, Mike. You okay? I'm good, thanks, mate. That was a uh, Canu and Gira scored those two goals for us to win that game. Oh, my um, Lord. Oh, my uh, Lord, those two names. Oh, my Lord. Two, uh, two quality signings. We're recording this on the 3rd of September. I was a bit... I've been thinking long and hard about where to start this podcast because obviously I had the game yesterday against Burnley, which drew 1-1. Or do we start with the transfer deadline mess? Uh, I've decided we're going to start with the games because we always start with the games. Um, so uh, we'll quickly run through the 1-1 draw with Wigan, which was last Tuesday. Um, pretty terrible defending from ourselves. Ajayi got out-muscled uh, for them to score the first goal. Uh, and then Carlin Grant equalised. Unfortunately, Ajayi looks like he's going to be injured for quite a while now. Yeah, like I said, it was, it was disappointing, really, to be drawing with a team like Wigan. Uh, last week, we spoke about it and we... We hoped to, or almost expected to be beating teams like that if we're going to be in the top six. Um, but it was a, a bit of a disappointing result, wasn't it? It was a very disappointing result, that was. It was, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, the, the, the first thing that occurs to me with regards to these two games, I'll just draw a, a sort of uh, a thread between the two, if you like. We, we played a recently promoted team, um, or promoted for this season team yeah. in Wigan. And we drew 1-1 with them. And then we played a relegated team from the Premier League and Burnley have been in the Premier League for a while. And they were pretty established for a good while. Uh, and, and we drew 1-1 with them. And now, to me, that says everything about West Bromwich Albion. They, they are, we are, in this weird stuck in this weird place where we just can't finish teams off and, and we can't defend against anybody. We can't keep a clean sheet against anybody. So it's ever, it, what, it, what it is, is it doesn't matter who the opposition is, whether they're re- recently uh, relegated or recently promoted, um, we are unable, except for one notable, um, notable sort of... Uh, difference if you like being the whole game um to to score more than one goal a game it, it's it, it's quite disturbing i find yeah. it quite disturbing yeah so like i said let's move on to the burnley game which you did uh, allude to i've got to be honest with you there was a lot of frustration yesterday on twitter i think around the ground as well there was a lot of frustration with what had gone on with the transfer deadline which i will talk about in in a short while um and to be fair to the players and Steve Bruce, they couldn't have responded better, really. We dominated Burnley. Um, we were unlucky to go a goal behind. Um, you've seen the penalty, and there is a debate to be had there. Some people saying it was a stonewall penalty. Other people said, well, he got the ball first, and he did. The ball did hit his leg first before he took the man. But it was a very, very faint touch. Uh, what did you make of the penalty decision? Was it a penalty for you? Uh, as always, um, I've got an opinion on it. it no. <laughs> well, good job, really. <laughs> well, no. No, it wasn't. Um, because he got the ball first. However, with the rules the way they are now, uh, just totally in favour of the referees, so that if the referee makes a bad decision, they're covered. Yeah. It, it, so, you know, like, yeah, he touched his foot after he touched the ball. And so, therefore, the referee gave the penalty. And... Even though he touched the ball first, with the rules the way they are, if the referee gave it either way, he'd have yeah, been fine. Yeah, would have been defended. Yeah, he'd have been fined. You know, the PG Mol uh, would would have been um, would have been able to defend the referee under under either of those sets of circumstances. So it just shows you what what utter drivel and rubbish um, it, it is. The rules with regards to uh, some of the rules with regards to football. Now, if if the referees are um, if the referees are put in some sort of dilemma at any stage, then they're just covered by sort of arcane uh, rule changes like that one. But he got the ball, 
and it was the faintest of touches, but he changed the direction of the ball. The referee may not have been able to see it um, straight away. And okay, there's always that that possibility. Um, but yeah, it, and then he touched his foot, and of course the dramatic way he fell, which which he would, wouldn't he? Um, then the, the, I suppose the ref. I can, I can forgive the referee for actually giving it. I suppose. Uh, but the thing that knocks me isn't isn't the fact that the referee gave the penalty. Uh, it, it's the fact that he's, he's covered either way. He could have given them either way and he'd have been covered. Well, that's that's not right. Yeah. And then um, we knocked at the door, knocked at the door. Um, Jed Wallace hit the post. Um, it, it just seemed like it was going to be one of those nights. But then Brandon Thomas Asante came on um, and in the last minute scored on his debut and it was it was great to see i know it was only a draw and a lot of people because I, I i put on twitter about um you know thank you or thanking brandon for scoring that goal uh, because it gave us something to cheer about and what's been a pretty depressing sort of 36 hours um and some people said yes that's true but you know it's only papering over the cracks and we can't forget what's gone on and i agree with that but it's just such a great moment because burnley were time wasting it was really frustrating. Like I said, we've been knocking at the door all game and just it just wouldn't go in. Uh, if, if I'm honest, another frustration for me watching the game was we quite blatantly need a striker. Hopefully, Thomas Asante is that striker. But it was just obvious that we needed a target man that can score goals. Um, but yeah, what a, what a great finish to the game. And it uh, it's good that we're you know playing teams like Burnley off the park. But as you mentioned earlier, it's that... You know, we 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 draw against good teams, and we draw against teams that we should be beating. Yeah, and that, as I said, that says everything about about us. But I, I want to be, I want to say something about um, BTA, um, Brandon Thomas Asante. Right at the death, he he's come on and he scores that goal. It was absolutely fantastic. And the th- the other thing that really really impressed me um, was the way he did it. The way yeah. he, he had the, the athleticism uh, of what he had to do to reach back for that ball and then turn it into the right direction um, and get it and get it between the sticks. I, I'll tell you what, you know, I was impressed. And I, yeah, okay, it's, it's the it's really really early in his Albion career, but that made me think, oh, perhaps we've got an instinctive finisher. Yeah, please, please, Lord. Make him a, an instinctive finisher because it's a thing that we've been begging for. Yeah, like another Kevin Phillips type, someone who can score goals from anywhere almost. Well, he was in the right place for a start. Kevin Phillips always used to be in the right place, and then when when he's in the right place, he did the right thing. Yeah, and just like Kevin Phillips did, and of course this kid has been with us for what three days now, two days when he scored the goal, I think, and. I, I'm, I might be talking out my hat here, you know, but I, I was really heartened and I was really pleased for him. It was just what a moment, what a moment for that uh, for that young man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we go on to the transfers, let's hear from the tactical titan, uh, whose words we can digest like a sumptuous morsel of food in one of the finest restaurants in the world. Delicious. It's Uncle oh. Steve. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, mate, I'm going to buy that anthology. You're a wordsmith. <laughs> as is Steve, as is Uncle Steve. As is Uncle Steve, yeah, but, but he speaks more calmly than you do. Uh, so anyway, uh, he said, uh, he's talking to WBA.co.uk, it's great Brandon, Thomas Asante, he'll make all the headlines and that's a pleasing thing. I haven't seen it many times before in football when you, he walked back into the dressing room, everyone stood up and gave him a round of applause. I'm also, I'm absolutely delighted for him. We think he deserves his opportunity and you can't question his enthusiasm. He came on and got the equaliser. It's great for him. It was a great ball from Swifty. It come off their defender and he's managed to get something on it, which has got us something from the game, which we fully deserved, in my opinion. So when he struck the ball, I think he might have been falling backwards. It's a great finish and we're all really happy for him. The supporters who have been watching us over the last few weeks, in particular here at the Hawthorns, will know that we've played very well, apart from probably the Cardiff City game. Before I say anything about the team, I want to thank, I want to talk about the supporters. I thought they were absolutely magnificent. 
The players responded to them and at the end it felt as though they were sucking the ball into the net. It was really, it was another really good performance. I think we were really, really close. The frustrating thing is the fact that we couldn't take more than one of our chances. It's been like that for the majority of the season so far. We've created more than enough opportunities to win it. We could be one of those sitting at the top at the end of the table, but there's still plenty of the season left to play. We have to keep believing in the way we are playing and stick at, stick at it. It's been a change, but the players have adapted to it and they're enjoying it. There's still work to be done, though. The supporters understand their team having given up once again. Once more, they've seen an, a resilience in us, and that's so important. We need to stay with it. The supporters have stayed with it, and it's great to see. Um, yeah, I've got to compliment the crowd, uh, because I think it would have been very, very easy for things to turn toxic yesterday after what's happened the day before. Um, but they didn't. When it came to the team, when it came to Steve Bruce, when it came to supporting the team, they did a great job. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was just it was like I said, it was a relief, and it was great that it was BTA that scored the goal as well, um, that really capped off a decent game, I suppose. Yeah. I, I, my compliments to the uh, the support as well because that was fantastic uh, the atmosphere um i was a bit worried um about whether or not it would be a bit of a, a an odd atmosphere yeah uh, because of because of the situation because of the talk on twitter about um the, the, the disquiet if if you like and uh, understandable disquiet um and i did wonder what it was going to be like and of course it was all on the team to to start well uh, to get to get the crowd on side, I, I don't think I don't think the crowd was ever gonna gonna start taking it out on the players. To be honest with you, because it's certainly yeah. not not them um, that was top of the list of, of villains for the for the support was was it? Um, it we know we know uh, who the problems are at this club, and uh, and I think uh, in a in a non a non-violent, extremely peaceful way, I'm sure, um, and let them know exactly. That they're about as welcome as a fart in a lift. Uh, so um, and and power to the elbow when we finally do actually do that, uh, which brings me to a point where, uh, what on earth has happened to the tolerance of protest at our club? I mean, yeah. the yeah. the scenes that 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 awful steward doing that assaulting that supporter when all that was attempted was to show a sign peacefully without any without any unpleasantness at all and and basically that supporter was uh, was grabbed uh, and assaulted by well I, I, I use the term loosely a steward yeah um what it's almost as if we've been taken over by by people who want to stifle um uh, protest and free speech it's awful I, I never thought I'd see something like that at the Hawthorns. You know, you want stewards to step in when there when there is something that really needs intervention, not when it's completely unnecessary. Uh, and and I felt, my, purely my opinion, that it was totally unnecessary that sort of um, that sort of intervention. Ron Gawler was saying about how he wants to open communication with fans. He talks about. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying this word for word, but he wants to rebuild the connection between the club and the fans. Well, you couldn't do anything more to sever that connection. Treating fans like that, who've paid, you know, good money to go and watch the club, and only have the club's best interests at heart, is is disgraceful. And yeah, that that clip that was circulating around social media. There was two or three clips. It was just, it was, it was very, very poor showing from the club. And like I said, I hope it's addressed um, because it needs to be. So let's, I think we've uh, beat around the bush long enough. Let's go into the shambles that was transfer deadline day. So uh, the day before, so this would have been, was it the third? Yeah, so, th sorry, no, Wednesday, the 31st of August, we sign. Brandon Thomas Asante for £300,000, well, believed to be £300,000, from uh, Salford City. We beat Birmingham City to the signature. Uh, there was a meme going around, uh, I don't know if anyone's seen it, where, like, there's a sketch in Mr Bean, and the, the 
one of the person he's taking a test with is filling out his answers and Mr. Bean is looking over trying to steal his answers and someone put um Birmingham City's badge over the guy's face and our ba- our badge over Mr. Bean because it seems like whoever they were after we seem to then all of a sudden be linked with um but anyway so great signing everyone was really uh, happy and excited about it because it was somebody who you know come from the lower leagues had done well um and and it was nice to see that side of things. There's too I mean, too many years where we've signed has beens who were once a big name for way too much money, for way too many wages, and then they've come for what will be, you know, probably the last contract or second to last contract and never really captured that magic. Whereas seeing someone who's on the on the rise, who has done well, enough to be able to get them and, you know, showcase their talents on that platform was brilliant. So yeah. no problems there. But then we move on to the 1st of September. Uh, yes, yes, no, a couple of days ago now. Um, the first thing that I remember, well, it, I thought it was common knowledge. I, th- I thought it was common knowledge before, but definitely that we wanted to sign a striker, a number nine, because DK's injured um, and Carlin Grant, we've all discussed at length, isn't a number nine. Um, and it didn't seem like BTA was a number nine either. Um, some people said, well, we did sign a striker, we signed BTA, and we did. But we did. He didn't seem to fit that mould of a target man who can flick the ball on and bring other players into play. He seemed more like a quick finisher, and I think he also plays on the wing as well. So anyway, so there's that. And then obviously the rumour starts that Robinson is um, going to leave the club, and there was a few clubs interested. He ends up moving to Cardiff for believed around 1.4, 1.5 million pounds, which I um, I read on social media was well, the the believed fee. Um, and then somebody was saying that he was on around about £20,000 a week. Um, so it would put, you know, a decent amount of money in the kitty to go and sign players, go and sign somebody else. And it was quite exciting. I'll, I'll admit, once I saw that Callum Robinson was on his way out, you know, all dues to him. Um, I know people have got different opinions about him, but... He was better than Burke. Yeah, well, that is not. Um, but it was quite exciting because obviously we thought, well, we've got some money now. We can actually go out and invest and sign some players. And then the other one was that Reach was linked with Wigan. So we thought we might get two players off the books. There was numerous uh, names mentioned. I mean, Theo Walcott was mentioned at what point, And apparently we did try to go for him, but it was a bit of a non-starter. Um, obviously, Martin Kelly was signed. Um as a as cover for Ajayi and I believe also cover at right back because I think he's he can play both from uh, he was on, uh, on a free from Crystal Palace. Um, he was they've signed. Always, go on, sorry. They've always got to be multitaskers, and they that way signed. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of mixed reaction about that. The the good side is he's a model pro. The bad side is he's hardly played any games. He's had a lot of injuries. He's 32. We've signed him on a two year contract. And people are worried, is it just another sort of player that won't, you know, won't really add anything to the team? I mean, there's a few players that were mentioned that we've had this before. Uh, Tyro Mears was one. Um, Is it Lee Peltier was another one? Yeah, and Keane Bryan. Yeah, you know, players that we signed to be cover and literally just added nothing to the team. They've just covered the the treatment table, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. Um, And then... It started a bit later on. First, it was Josh Anuma from uh, Fulham that was linked. And it was, you know, always oh, he's, he's going to have a medical. He's passed the medical. Um, everything's all go. No problems there. And then a little bit later on, Stephen uh, Alzete from Brighton. That starts to be to gain traction. He's having a medical. Everything's all go. We're going to sign these two cent mid, oh, sorry, two midfielders. And it was like very exciting. Brighton fans on social media were saying you've got yourself a really good player there in Alzetti for a year. And then for whatever reason, it all just fell apart. And fans were wondering what happened. Uh, people speculated that the, t- the clubs would, would blame each other. But since then, it's come out that this, the, the blame is squarely at West Bromwich Albion. Um, because... There's been uh, reports or rumours that CAA, uh, the um, 
I think the management company or the agency that manages uh, Josh and Numa uh, had there was um, there was like mistakes in the paperwork that they were sent and then they still sent it back within ample time but it still wasn't submitted before the 11 p.m deadline the next day West Bromwich Albion tried to appeal those decisions both of them were rejected and it just became a complete mess um before we discuss it i want to just listen to what uncle steve had to say about it on the expression star because i want to i want to do it as a whole if that's okay um and this is what he had to say so he said there will be an investigation into why but i'm not going to go into details on that it is really, really disappointing and frustrating because the two players would have been terrific acquisitions to the squad for the reason or for, for one reason or another, we couldn't get it over the line. The frustration of everybody is absolutely huge, mad, disappointed. Josh Anuma was in the training round and we still couldn't get it done. For the two players in particular, it's a big disappointment for them. We'll have to learn from the mistakes we've made. Um, and then he said about the deadline, I've said all along that we're in a transitional period. I've made some big calls and I've let players leave. Obviously, when players leave, you want the replacements. We're devastated, disappointed, angry and frustrated about what happened yesterday. I'm not going to go into details because I don't think that would be right. But it's angered everybody because we thought we had two very good players walking through the door. They both played in the Premier League and they both played very well. They'd have been terrific acquisitions for them in particular. I'm disappointed we couldn't get them over the line. It's all about the squad. We might be fortunate. It's been unbelievable run of games in a quick period of time. We've now got eight or nine days. Um, we've now got 14 games to play until November break. So we have to channel it all there. We've got to catch a break with, in with injuries because we've got two big ones at the moment. There's nothing you can do about that. That happens. We are thin on numbers for sure. But we thought we had three through the door, but we ended up getting one. Um, and he said... You know, do you, can you still be surprised in the, this long as a manager? He said, "Yes, I've never known anything like it, but not in twenty not in twenty five years I've been going." As I said, I'm disappointed. Everybody's everybody's concerned, frustrated, angry. The whole thing came out of everybody. I I don't think I want to go into all of that because that would be wrong. There's too much <sighs> strong words from Steve Bruce. I think that's as far as he could have gone without upsetting people at West Brom but I've waffled on for long enough what was your feelings about the whole day and then your reaction when you realised the club had fumbled good squad players at the very least well initially I was pleased that we'd um, targeted a couple of good quality midfield players because we desperately need that I'm sick of the sight of misplaced passes and uh, poor ball control and uh, and slightly dodgy um, decision-making, to be honest with you, all over the park, but certainly certainly in the midfield. And I was pleased. I was pleased that we'd, um, we'd identified a couple of promising, um, promising signings uh, and, and things were progressing. Um, and, and we'd got plenty of time. And I was thinking, well, well done. Well done. They've identified them and they've, they've, it looks like they're sorting them out with time, time to go. But of course, we're left with this exactly the same issue time and time and time again at West Bromwich Albion. We have got poor quality employees because what on earth is it? How is it possible to make the, the sort of mistakes with paperwork, which we must have been filling in now um, for well, I mean, how long have there been transfer windows? I can't remember. I can't remember exactly how long it's been, but I mean, the Premier League came into existence in 1992. Was it about the same time? What, what, what's, what is it about West Bromwich Albion that means that they can't do paperwork? There are mistakes on the, is there's mistakes on the paperwork. How, how can that, how is that even possible? Who, who is, not, not only who is filling in the paperwork or the computer, I mean, whatever it was, or, or, and who is, uh, who has oversight of, of those people who are doing it, bearing in mind the importance, bearing in mind the significance of, of those two signings, uh, 
again, accepting the sort of situation that we are currently in because we're on an underperforming, fancied side for promotion. It, it couldn't be more important that they do it right. Yeah. And yet, not only can somebody not fill in the necessary forms correctly, but nobody picks it up. And, and then we are left in a situation where we actually don't sign two players when we've already let people go. I, you know, I, I just cannot, I just cannot emphasise enough how awful the performance of, the, of West Bromwich Albion has been in, in that specific incident. It's absolutely dreadful. I think you look at, you look at things off field. And I understand that there was, you know, sort of little sprouts of optimism because Ron Gourlay, you know, has, has said things in the past and, and said he's going to address this, this and this. But you look on the face of it, in the last three months, we've had our academy being put onto a one-year um, category A status rather than a three because of... You know, deficiencies. deficiencies. Thank you. We've had a loan that wasn't revealed to the fans until it was absolutely necessary that they had to because it was going to be made public on company's house. And now you've got this shambles that's gone on. And there's a few things encapsulated in this. Firstly, you're right. The complete incompetence that must have gone on for this to happen. But not only that, the club doesn't even have the decency to come out, apologise, or at least let fans know what, what went on and what happened. Ron Gourlay said back in February, Open dialogue with fans will play a key part in rebuilding trust, and I intend to communicate with supporters and the media on a regular basis. Well, where was the, where's the communication, Ron? I'm not saying they have to come out and name names and say, this person's fault. But you do have to you do have to have that dialogue with fans. I don't care what anybody says about, oh, well, we don't own the club and things like that. This is our club. We are all West Bromwich Albion fans for life. No matter what league they're in, no matter how bad they are, we will always be West Bromwich Albion fans. You cannot say that about any other entity in the world if Coca-Cola started tasting horrendous. People wouldn't just keep drinking it because it was Coca-Cola. But West Bromwich Albion, whether it be in the conference or the Premier League, we will always love West Bromwich Albion. So the fact that they haven't had the decency to come out and say, we apologise, this is what happened, or this is, you know, we're going to try and rectify this in the future. I'm sorry, but it's just, it's disrespectful to the fans. And then the other thing um, I want to mention about this as well is, because there's no dialogue, we can only assume this is a Ron Gourlay, Ian Pearce problem. Ian Pearce is the head of recruitment. So if he, if this, if this is a recruitment that's gone wrong, what do we pay him for? What's he doing? Because if, if you can't get the recruitment right and you're the head of recruitment, well, I'm sorry, mate, but you're not very good at your job. If he's got, he's got that job. He, the this instance cropped up on his watch and I want to hear from him. I don't want to hear from Ron Gourlay. I want to hear from Ian Pierce as to what went wrong because it was it's his department. It, it, it's not if, we, if we've got some some individual who's filling out the, the, the paperwork and mistakes have made. okay, they've made mistakes and 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 humans do that. And but we have experienced people in charge. And if they have failed to ensure that something which has been going on for, well, decades has gone wrong and they haven't spotted it and corrected it in timely fashion so that the thing can still run smoothly, well, it's, it's them that's at fault as well. You know, they have to take responsibility. They get paid, I dare say, quite handsomely for what they do because... Who in football doesn't get paid handsomely now, except who do the like the ground staff and the, and the you know the caterers and, and people. You know, if if you're involved in the football side of things, 
then you're you're pretty handy it's pretty well guaranteed that you're handsomely rewarded well in this situation it's been disgracefully executed and we've heard nothing and uncle steve has said what uncle steve would say uh, i don't even think it's strong words Mike, he's been left out to him, dry though yeah he's yeah. been left out to dry by the club hasn't i he? accept he's been he's been left to be the one who answers the questions about something he in in all likelihood had absolutely nothing to do with and the people who have perpetrated this nonsense have said nothing and this is not open dialogue with the fans this is not regaining trust with people who've had a wedge driven between the club and themselves this is not the way to behave i mean who else and how many times bearing in mind the number of times we've been involved in transfer windows and yo-yoed between these two how much experience lies at the club in doing this particular thing and they can't do it right to the extent that we lose two important signings well certainly very important signings for us um with a view to trying to get back into the premier league and compounded by the fact that we've lo- we've allowed players to leave the squad on the understanding that these two, um, plus the other signings that we've successfully managed, uh, are going to join. I mean, he, he, he's, been left, he's been left in a terrible situation, Steve Bruce has, because he's going to face criticism if things don't pick up through the rest of the season. You know, supporters are human and they're going to they're look at the manager if we don't start picking up results later yeah. on. But... It, if 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 he if they haven't got his back, you know, higher up the higher up the 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 um the levels in the club, what chances he got? Yeah, you know, what chances the team got if we can't recruit quality players because we got the paperwork wrong? I mean, we don't know what's gone wrong, Mike. You know, they, they haven't told us and they won't tell us. My feeling is they they they're not going to tell us because they're probably embarrassed about it uh, so we'll never get to know the reason why no uh, so, I just think so they should be it's abysmal it's abysmal this is this has made our life as football supporters less pleasant and it, it's never easy being a baggies fan but it's made our lives now less pleasant as a result of this we are now gonna always think what might have been if we don't go up this season if we i mean we're not going to trouble the top two because i don't think we've made a good enough start but if we don't get in the top six now we will always everybody will always look back at this transfer window at this incident and we will say what if yeah if only i know we're i know we're just podcasters and and our our reach is is limited to what podcasters can do but i just want to convey the absolute fury and frustration that I and and I know a lot of other West Bromwich Albion supporters are suffering at the moment it is absolutely abysmal from the club this is and they haven't even bothered officially to tell us about it yeah anyway that's enough that's enough for me on it because I'm I'm getting more and more flipping angry and worked up as as I'm talking about it (laughs) do you want me to say another you know majestic um I think I could do with another another bit from the anthology. anthology. Honestly, <laughs> right? There's one last thing I'm going to say on it. And people said that Jeremy P started this because he wouldn't sell. You know, he said, oh, I'm only going to sell to the right owner um, who's got the best, best interest, well, something along the lines of the club's best interests at heart. You're paraphrasing and again. I am, yes, I am paraphrasing again. I don't have the quotes in front of me. But, you know, that's an absolute joke. Um, but one thing I will say, and this is something that's a bit of a shock for me, because you've got to understand my, for myself, I've only ever seen the Albion up until recently on the rise. You know, my first season, I think, was this year before Gary Megson came. So I saw us when we were crap then, to be fair. But I've only seen a meteoric rise. And obviously with Dan Ashworth at the helm, Everything was organised. Everything was done, you know, I believe anyway, by the book. There was never any of this incompetence that's gone on. And then since Goshen Liars took over the club, it's just been one embarrassment after another of just ridiculousness of people 
obviously in in positions that they're not qualified for because if they were stuff like this wouldn't happen and i think the fan base has took you know took a lot in the last few months um and the club need to sort this out they i keep saying this over and over again if you went back to last season i'd say the same thing but off field it's a shambles and yes i'm as upset as you are steve um but like i said i don't want to keep going on about it because i feel like people just be thinking goodness me these these two have had a bad day <laughs> well we have had a, a few uh, a few bad days i mean that to, to be honest with you it's it's a cumulative thing this is that yeah this is not something that we can just say is down to this particular debacle uh th- this is the just the latest thing that's got up our noses uh, <laughs> i mean let, let's be honest let's be honest you know it, cumulatively it's a wonder it's a wonder we can actually drag ourselves up the temple really yeah i mean um i mean the other thing there's there's a rumor going around that uh, a numer especially was like i said dunny's medical and i even believe there's a rumor that he he'd even had his pictures taken in the kit at like six o'clock so you think well if that's the case how how do they mess it up but anyway like you said um We'll never know. And the other thing as well I've noticed is I say, like you say, and like you said, way too often. <laughs> so I'm going to try and work on not keep saying that over and over again, like I said. Um, so anyway, speaking of like you said, let's go into have your say. Um, I put a post out yesterday after the game just saying, obviously doing the podcast, we've had a load of comments. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much uh, for your feedback. Um, so there's four that I've picked out. Um, that I want to read so the first one is from Mark Griffiths Uh, thank you very much for your comment Mark he said can we all now accept that Bruce isn't the problem that the ownership is the problem fully as it is hamstringing us I know you guys have been vocal about the loan slash management but in my opinion the only way to get rid of Lai is to get back to the Premier League so he can sell us the team is streets ahead of last year we are playing football again Wallace, Dean Garner, Swift are all creative in a way we weren't last year. We are creating bags of chances, and because of that, we have chances every week to win. BTA might be the piece. DK may come back firing. The squad is paper thin, but the last 24 hours have shown us that it's not Uncle Steve's fault, and we should back him 100%. We did last night, and look what happened. And I agree. I think... I mean, I've had criticism before about still going on about the loan. You know, where's the money lie? Is my famous little quote. Um, but I agree. There's, there's no, you can't point fingers at the, at the team and Uncle Steve because, you know, they've real shown character. I mean, the interview with um, Thomas Asante and Jed Wallace was really good. DK at the end of the game celebrating... Uh, with BTA and I, I even retweeted it and said is this our future strike force uh, them two together because it might be devastating um but yeah anyway what's your what's your thoughts on that that, that comment from Mark Steve well I agree with him I, I mean I, there was even a little um are you is Bruce uh, are you are you a believer in Bruce in or Bruce out uh, tweet one of those little uh, opinion poll things uh, on Twitter that you get and, and I, I said Bruce in. And the reason I said it is largely on the back of this situation because, I mean, with with hand on heart, I, I never wanted uh, Steve Bruce to be the one who came in to replace uh, Ishmael. But having done so, I, I concur completely with what's been said because it's not, it's, this situation is not his fault. I think, um, I think I'm going to continue to uh, hold Steve, uh, Uncle Steve, responsible for like things like substitutions. Yeah, and, on the pitch, yeah. You know, all the, all the, all the managerial on the, on the pitch decisions uh, that he can, af- can affect and, and are down to him. And I'm going to keep holding the players responsible for the things that they do badly or well. Um, and, and I shall carry on telling the truth as far as that's concerned. But we know, we know what the problem is, and I've been saying it for a long, long time, um, that... We peaked in 2013 uh, with the uh, that season, the Lukaku season. Uh, I'm always yeah. banging on about it. That's when that's when we peaked. And I said to you uh, at the end of the 5-5 with Manchester United, uh, and I said it with John, 
um, at that at the I hope I hope we haven't peaked. Um, and of course, then when we're on the train going back uh, to Birmingham, I also said, you know what? Or I don't know. I could, actually, I don't know whether it was me or whether it was John who said it. It might even have been you, mate. I can't remember. But you said, I bet we have. It was me. And, Ever, and forever I, the optimist. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> you know what? Since 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 then, uh, we had another three years of peace after that. So we was we were on the downslide before Lai arrived. Um, but of course, the club was uh, was was more affluent. Did a then. job of accelerating it, though. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, and we, the, our downhill um, slalom has gathered pace. That's certainly true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a bit of a downbeat uh, podcast this one, and I don't like it like that. Usually, I like to be, I like to be a bit up, and I like to be a bit, um, you know, have a bit of a laugh and a joke, really. But I, I, I'm finding it, I'm finding it tough to keep me blooming pecker up just at the moment. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> let's, let's not go to that subject. Well, that was a bit of humour. That was a bit of humour for a start. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I feel the same, and I was cautious of that going into this podcast. I didn't want it to be too negative, but well, that's all we can do as West Brom podcasters is is say how we're feeling, and we're not feeling particularly optimistic right now. Well, I think um, I think it's up to yeah. us to say what we think. It, 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 yeah. Reading the room is for other people. Um, I, I'm not going to sort of base the things that I say on what I perceive other people's ideas no, are about it. That's true. I'm just not going to do that. You know, this is from me, my heart, if you like, while, while it's still beating. So, you know, this is this is it. I think we've got to, we've got to call it as we see it. Um, like that bloke in the crowd was trying to do with his sign. Yeah. Um so your pecker in your heart. Let's let's not go into any more of these. No, no, we won't be talking about me awful anymore. <laughs> um, so let's go to Mark Stevenson. Thank you very much for your comment, Mark. He said, "Off field and looking to January, if the loan isn't repaid, that will tell us exactly lies vision or lack of." And that's something else I want to mention. And thank thank you, Mark, for reminding me about this. See, my fear now is this £1.5 million Callum Robinson fee has obviously gone into the club. Now, on previous, you can only go by previous sort of like proof or, you know, what's happened in the past. And Lai has not been shy about taking money out of the club to fund his other interests. And we won't know anything until when? Uh, is it next April or possibly the April after? I'm not sure how it works with finance, the, the accounts. But my fear is that will we actually see that money come to come at come to January? Obviously, you know, if the loans be repaid and we've got that 1.5 million as well, great. But my fear is we won't see that money onto the transfer market. You know, I don't. I've got no proof of this or anything like that. It's just my opinion, but that's my worry. Well, apparently the uh, the the. Five million quid. Um, it's been promised to be repaid and available for the next, the yeah. next window. Yeah, which yeah. Is, which is Jan- which is obviously supposed supposedly January. I think even in this weirdest of seasons, which has got a break in the middle of the winter, to England and and the the other countries can play in the, in the World Cup. Um, so it, that's the that's the next promise that's that's up for either honouring or being broken, um, and that's five million quid. But of course, there are various ways of, of paying money back yeah. that you, that for a, for an owner for somebody in a for a, in a company uh, to um, to pay the money back. Uh, it can be it can be a dividend on shares. Uh, so, if you like, from our perspective, um, the money never actually comes back into the club where it was taken from. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and and there's also the don't forget there's also that other five million quid or so that's gone um, missing, yeah. Which which is still never been repaid. Um, which the previous um, chairman, I believe, uh, uh, or was it the Ken, the uh, CEO, um, promised would be repaid. Well, that's never been repaid either. Uh, and then there's a, another amount of money that was borrowed. So all in all, it's it's mounting up to be quite a lot of money that's been taken out of the club, but which may or may not ever return to the club. Uh, and this 1.5 million quid, well, of course, I, I would never accuse anybody of of um, 
eyeing up money to to take out of uh, out of the club for its intended purpose for and, and use it for another one. Uh, I haven't got the right to do that. But but what I will say is past evidence of past performance is usually good evidence of future performance. Um, so you know who knows what might happen. Let's hope against hope that. Um, our meagre resources aren't reduced further, shall we say? Yeah. I think the other thing um, as well is that loan may be repaid, but what's stopping him taking out another loan um, is my other fear. But, like, you know, we could sit here all night and say, well, what about this? What about that? It's um, been done. Yeah. Um, Michael, Siri, thank you very much for your comment, Michael. Uh, a top fan as well on our Facebook page. Uh, good performance from the team tonight. Still too many weak links. I really considered considered not watching because of the transfer debacle. Glad I watched. Hey, if that kid you honestly look lost and off the pace, does that every game? I'll take it. Come on, you baggies. Um, I thought I didn't think he was too much off the pace. I thought he was good. You know, you got to you got to remember that it's his first start, and it's I think it's his first ever championship game. So, um, like I said, I was impressed, and and hopefully he can kick on from this because we need a striker. We were desperately need a striker. Well, he popped one in just when we needed one, uh, right at the death. He popped one in and, and he did the deed that nobody else, no, none of these ultra-experienced dudes who were on the pitch uh, alongside him could do. Um, you know, I mean, O'Shea missed uh, a great opportunity yeah, for a header, yeah, yeah. Which, which was basically a, a back pass to the goalkeeper. Um, uh, Wallace had, a, had, had a, a bit of bad luck, I think, really, it's fair to say, with his... Cutting yeah. from cutting from the left and shot um, where the goalkeeper accidentally saved it and put it against the post. We um, played some great football, to be fair, we, didn't we, we? Yesterday, yeah, we did play some. We played some good football, and we should have won the game uh, if we'd got a finisher. Um, who knows? Perhaps if uh, BTA had been on the pitch for the ninety minutes, perhaps we'd have won it. Who knows? But uh, yeah. I'm not really, I'm not really saying that with any conviction. I'm just saying that uh, who, who knows? We 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 could have and should have won that game. Uh, like we could have and should have won so many other games at the start of this season. They were worryingly in mid-table, but there's still plenty of games to go yet. Um, Dennis Harrison, thank you very much for your comment. Dennis, uh, he said, Once was Ron Gourlay overseeing the process? If not, why not? If he was, one abysmal, abysmal business executive he is, Either way, he should hang hang his head in shame. And then Mark Stevenson commented and said, speak to Reading fans about this man. And I have to agree uh, with Mark on that. Um, I actually was tweeted uh, quite, by quite a few Reading fans saying, you know, be careful with Ron Gourlay because he they they really don't like him at Reading. They, they blame him for a lot of the problems they're currently having. Actually, I think they're doing quite well, but... Last season, their problems, they were they were quite angry about him. Um, so there was obviously that that fear. And I suppose you could say, I mean, Ian Pearce is the one that I'd want to hear from and understand what was going on because he's ahead of recruitment. But to be fair, Ron Gourlay is the CEO. He is the head of the day-to-day running of West Bromwich Albion. So, you know, it just seems like a catastrophic failure on many levels, this this transfer window, doesn't it? I want to see a press conference called with Ian Pearce and Ron Gourlay there. And yeah. I want, and I, I want to, I was quite impressed with the piece uh, in in one of the newspapers. Um, oh, was it Joe, Joe Chapman's piece? Yeah, it was. It, it was live, is it? Yeah, yeah, it was Joe Chapman's piece. And um, I, I was quite impressed with that because he was quite forthright, which is really unusual for a, a local journalist, to be fair. And, uh, and uh, I, I want somebody like Joe to be the one who asks the hard questions uh, for publication uh, and dissemination amongst us supporters. Uh, what their uh, what their answers are for the uh, for the um, debacle that took place. Because uh, my understanding is that it's Ian Pearce who's in charge of recruitment so that it seems logical therefore that he's got direct responsibility for things such as this yeah and of course the ceo is the ceo so he's got responsibility for obviously a lot of other things but also for ian pierce's function as uh, as head of recruitment as well so i want to see those two um being 
grilled, if you like, uh, for the benefit of us supporters and in the name of transparency. Yeah, well, it's important, isn't it? I mean, you know, we've tried to get a representative of the club on the podcast and, and got rejected. Other other podcasts have tried as well and got rejected or been ignored. So, you know, there, there needs to be a push from local media because that's the only outlet that the club uses to support to to communicate with supporters and currently that communication is not good enough it's it's subpar um so let's go into our next game we're playing coventry away on saturday the 10th of september um i've got to be honest with you the pricing of this is quite poor uh, they're charging i think more than a season ticket or almost as much as a season ticket it costs at the, at the Albion for a young fan to go, to go and see the one game against Coventry. Um, but besides that, I, I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over. It's a, it's a game that we should be winning. It's a game that if we're going to be, you know, what we all hope to be, which is a top six team, we've got to be beating teams like Coventry. We've got to start turning these draws into wins. Well, listen, Coventry, bless them. They're charging astronomical figures to go and watch their their side because let's face it, mate, they've got to relay the pitch. Yeah. They've got to get they've got to get the money from somewhere, haven't they? You know, it's like it's a it's a, it's a cabbage patch at the moment. Their pitch. So hey, I oh know. Let's get the away uh, the away fans to pay for it. So that looks like a tactic to me. Um, yeah, you know, let's face it. We, uh, we 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 used to have we used to have a a, a push um, and a, what's the word an initiative, hadn't we? Uh, in in football, whereby fans should be charged a sensible amount of money to watch a game of football. It seems like a long time ago to me now, um, but yeah. So let's get back to that. Let's get to some common sense pricing, boys, uh, so that we can see uh, we can see the beautiful game. Yeah, it was. I think it's poor form, especially, you know. Obviously, there's a there's, everything's going up at the moment. So I just think it's poor form commentary. But anyway, yeah, it's a game we should be winning. Um, so um, thank you very much, everyone, for your time. Um, like I've mentioned already, I know it was a bit of a downbeat episode, but <laughs> things aren't particularly um, optimistic. Well, not optimistic is the wrong word. Not have not gone well the last few days um if you want to follow us on twitter and facebook you can on twitter i am at mikey wbfc and on facebook if you search for all things album you'll find us over there and one more thing you can do to really help the podcast out is um follow us on your podcast platform of choice whether it be uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher amazon music audible um, it is really appreciated. Steve, thanks for your time, mate. Um, looking forward to chatting next week and hopefully after a win against Coventry. Boing, boing. Come on, yo, baggies. <laughs>